Hello, everyone. Welcome into episode 31 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. <clears throat> Chris here, and uh, to start thing off, things off, sorry, I usually ask Kirk how he's doing, but uh, I wanted to start off with John because we were going to throw out a little bit of a happy birthday because he's got a birthday coming up on Monday. So, John, happy birthday. Very sadly. <clears throat> Yes, we all know how much fun I had last week, so you just had to copy me and have a birthday. Yeah, I know where you got your idea. <laughs> no, but what what number is it? 37. 37. Ah, it's not a really a big, not a milestone by anything. It's just another day. It doesn't end in a zero or a five. It's hard to get excited about. I'm a little, uh, now that you say that, John, I'm I'm pissed that you didn't time up your 37th birthday with the 37th episode. Well, you That's know. kind of... That's a selfish move. <laughs> Dick move on your birthday, buddy. And actually, by the way, we were actually, we were going to, we were thinking about, we we're going to roast you, John, but uh, we thought that was just way too much. So we just start with you. We would tan you. Um, <laughs> so, because it would just be too much of a leap. So you, we, we're not, we're not going to hear um, John, the other really white meat. You're not going to hear that joke. We're not roasting. <laughs> there's, there's skin cancer looks at John and thinks, nah too easy i need more of a challenge you're not gonna hear that's mean um and you got roast the other guy too so i'm not gonna say about chris chris is known as the Greeley guy not because he ever lived in Greeley, but because he smells like fifty thousand cow farts uh you're not gonna you know pepe Le Pew didn't even hit on him that's how bad chris smells for breeze bottles run out of the room okay you're not gonna hear that though because we're not roasting like I wrote mean things, and I had to say a couple of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday, John. Well, thank you. And uh, I don't know how quick it is, but me and Kirk did send you an email, John. So whenever you want to check that, I don't know how quick it comes in. So uh, check in just a second. Right. And I think for your birthday, we we got you the the present of not having you make us a cake for your own birthday because we, we can't animate. So you're welcome. <laughs> yes, we didn't ask. <laughs> so, uh, body double, how are you doing tonight? Other than, you know, roasting. It's, it's body double. It's, it's episode 31. It's going to be, we, there's a lot of stunts planned. It's going to be the most physical. So I had to bring in someone to, this is not Kirk. This is Kirk's body double. Because yeah, the physicality, oh. it's the physicality of this podcast episode. I don't know if I, if Kirk could cut it, so I had to step in. All we right. sound exactly alike, though. We're a voice double as well, which is just a weird coincidence. So we're lucky that way. Not to confuse you guys. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're not looks doubles. All right. No. <laughs> Take that, Kirk. All right, <laughs> Mr. J. Where'd that come from? I was nothing but nice. Oh, wait, no, I wasn't. <laughs> so what are we talking yeah what are, are did you have a a social media thing or what are we we're going space what are we up to yeah i i mean i was following the the case from last week and it just it turned very divisive like everyone was being split it's just like everyone fell into camps and they're defending it and the weirdest thing i saw was people that i i kind of follow outside of uh everything just kept getting pulled into it for weird reasons it seems like it's like quicksand it's like a tar pit yeah it it, it was just weird 
Well, and like I said last week, everybody's waiting for the resolution now. So until there's a some sort of resolution, whether it be of, you know, suicide or the guy gets caught, you're just going to have that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just weird landmines everywhere. I think it's going to end up, he's going to, remember that movie where the uh, rock climber got stuck and had to cut off his own arm? It's going to be like that, but it's, it's his, his shoe won't come off. So it's similar, but that's my prediction. But, you know, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, where this ends up because people are anxiously awaiting, um, you know, just to find out what what the resolution's going to be. So I'll keep following it too just because I, you know, it's interesting enough to keep tabs on, but yeah, I'm not it's not ruling my world. Can no. you guys just pinky swear me right now that when it it does the resolution does come, you don't stand up, hold up lighters and scream encore and scream for more? <laughs> Can we at least no. when it's done yeah. it's done, right? Something like that. I but I, uh my biggest thing was it's just something so unique in the current social media climate. But we've got space to talk about. So what's uh, up yes. first? I I was going to just touch, uh, we could start first with the solar storms that have been hitting the Earth the last week or so. And uh, essentially, the sun has been spitting out radiation. And as it's it been does. hitting, as it yeah, you know, generally, yeah, it's a big ball but, of gas. It'll do that. But every every now and then we get a solar storm that hits the Earth, and uh, the cool part, I guess, I say cool part, because <laughs> very, very very hot part. <laughs> the cool part about deadly radi- radiation coming out of planet. <laughs> yes, go on, all ears. <laughs> our our magnetic field protects us, Kirk. Okay, good. Uh, it, but it's it been be- it better. <laughs> This one, uh, so I found out that solar storms are ranked on a scale much like tornadoes, so zero to five, depending on how many trailers get flipped over. So, uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, this one was a class two, so they're not too worried about it, and it's been creating some really cool aurora events I was uh, say, across the earth. Yeah, they, they over uh, New York, Washington, and Wisconsin. Yeah, they're uh, basically. They sh- I saw a picture of it, and the whole top of the Earth was glowing green. Well, hey, and- John, you're uh, John, just real quick. Is there a website that you could recommend where people could go check? Like, if you're not a space guy, you go check out the pictures and at least get interested in that way. Is there like a go-to sort of these NASA. are the best quality photo? Just NASA? Okay, I, I I would assume NASA. I mean, NASA space. Space.com is also one that I frequent because they have they usually cover almost everything that you, <laughs> you can know what? think of. You re- As you really say that, space.com, that's it? That's yep. the site I managed to pull up when I typed in Solar Storm. It was the first one that came up, and it has the, I don't know. No, no, this is from the, the ISS, so this is an accurate picture of the auroras over the U.S. So, yeah, I, I would probably go with space. The thing with NASA is it's going to be, NASA is going to be focused on its own stuff and pictures it procures. So from the Hubble, James Webb when it goes up, the ISS, stuff like that. Whereas you have space.com, which I'm assuming is going to aggregate 
everything they can get. So the uh, European space agencies, you know, everything. That's crazy because I just tried to go there. I hit spacebar.com and nothing. I think <laughs> I screwed it up. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, yeah, space.com, they generally have good content and it's not, you know, littered with ads and all that kind of stuff. So I nice. generally like to go with those websites. So yes. I, you talk about the storms and the so there's some sort of almost like a an ozone. There's some sort of layer that protects us from the radiation from the sun. Or is there and not to be like you call them? Was it solar storms? Is what you call them? Yep. Yeah. Is there is there sort of can we do we need a protective shield, sort of a a, a storm window in space, so to speak, to kind of reflect it, or we're already protected with it? That's a uh, we're already protected for now. Well, the we're good now. Earth has a magnetic field around it, Kirk. Which, for now. For now, which keeps out most of the radiation, which is why we can subsist where we the way we do. Mm-hmm. So, and so, essentially, with as long as we have that magnetic field, we're protected. But if the storm gets crazy enough, like if it was a level four, then it could potentially knock out power and cell phones here on Earth. Like satellites and wireless stuff kind of disrupting that. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. And it's just too strong for our, ma- our, for our uh, magnetic field to keep it all away. So. Hmm. And there's, it's almost like a hurricane. There's not much to do to protect against it. It's just kind of like you can nope. brace yourself. Nothing you can really do except uh, hope it doesn't last too long and then just kind of fix it afterwards. I'm assuming. And they're yeah. only mildly predictable. Like the science kind of can say maybe they're just going to be a solar storm, but they can't pinpoint it like a hurricane that they can, you know, they go, okay, this hurricane's coming. Well, they don't really know about solar storms as much. Well, yeah, they're, I mean, just they're further away in space. Yeah, I mean, I guess that uh, makes it's sense. Just, it's just, it's hard to predict the sun. And the sun's the one that's going to be producing the storm. So you're saying that song, Here Comes the Sun, is full of shit. That's so, what you're saying. Maybe the sun won't come. Uh, <laughs> here's a good example of what Chris was talking about. Uh, one in, <clears throat> I'm reading straight from space.com, but one infamous uh, 1859 geomagnetic storm known as the Carrington event disrupted Earth's magnetosphere so severely that telegraph wires burst into flames. What year is that? I, I, 1859. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so it, it has the potential to knock out power grids, Kirk. I don't, I can't tell you why, but I know it's got potential to do that. Well, I mean, if it can set telegram poles on fire or wires on fire, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the, the power grid goes out like that's. I think three days if people don't have Wi-Fi and they can't order stuff from Amazon, I think it would, it would be close to anarchy in the street if people would go outside again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and just power in general. That and that's that's probably the bigger thing is if there was no power, we're we're too accustomed to having power. Yeah, I mean, just refrigeration. I mean, food, and I mean, it's something as simple as I mean, in summertime or the, like just hot, you know, AC. You know what I mean? Like in I grew up in Arizona, so just that you know, there's months there where like you, if your AC died and you were you were elderly and no one checked on you, you. It wasn't, it wasn't common for, you know, you to die that way. The other thing is 
how would people be able to, we wouldn't be able to give the people the Fused Relativity podcast and chaos would ensue in the streets. They would so. just be so distraught. Yeah, well, that, that would really, the nation would mourn. They would, like, you remember where, when JFK was shot where you were and where you were when the first Fused Relativity podcast was missed. Same level. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys well, are on the podcast. You can't even bat. You can't even like go. Maybe. Say, Come on, guys. You're don't think I was show. alive for JFK, though. All I can, all I can think of, Kirk, is the song, like the taps playing in my head right now, or whatever. The burn, burn, burn. Yeah. And then the rifles. Twenty gun yeah. salute. Yep. Well, I was going to tack onto this. Um, just because I, I happen to be reading a story about it recently. Uh, the magnetics, magnetosphere is currently flipping. Or at least that's what they think it's doing. Like it's cha- like the, uh, the, the North, South Pole and the North Pole are like gonna switching? Flip. Yep. They're flipping. The, the thing with that is I, no one knows when it's going to happen. No one knows how it's going to happen. No one knows what it's going to do. But there's a good chance that we lose magnetic protection while it's flipping. Uh, oh, so while it's, while it's getting, while it's switching, oh, that's no good. So then well, like a solar, if there was a solar storm, it would be a, a yeah. horrible timing. Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is also funny, John, sorry to interrupt, but I, I thought I about this uh, a story that I read the other day about uh, the sun. They've predicted when it's going to die off. And so yeah. naturally, naturally, I had to click on the article because you know, oh, oh, the sun's dying off. Yeah, it said a billion years from yeah. now. <laughs> so, well, we oh. can we can accurately predict within uh, one or two billion years. You know, plus or minus a few million. <laughs> I missed it by seven hundred million. Big whoop, ballpark. So I felt a little bit better about it because yeah, I was uh, like a billion years. Uh, not not a, not in affecting me. So. So I should buy next year's day planner is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I would Okay. <laughs> I will support that. But no, that that's the thing that I was reading, and it's just one of those things that, you know, the if you actually sat there and thought about it, it it's wild because it's like the the true magnetic north is booking uh its way. I wanna say it was moving at like twenty miles a year, something like that. And it's just picking up speed. Now, the thought is, if it flips, is it like a one-year thing and it's just, you know, or is it, you know, a two-day thing where it just gains enough momentum and just flips? Or are we left without a magnetic sphere while it makes its slow progress across the entire world at, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour? Yeah, what's going to happen to compasses? Can we start there? That's my first question. That screw uh, up compasses completely. Like, yeah, <laughs> like Y2K, they had to change all the computers over. Now they got to flip the uh, com- everybody flip the compasses. Yeah, you need a new compass. North well, is and- no longer north. Point it to south. No, I can't. I'm a north guy. Always the- will. Always will be. And the other thing that was brought up was all the animals because animals are well. I shouldn't say all animals, but migra- migrant animals use the magnetic fields for you know. Location. Oh, so, that's terrible. The birds, all the yeah. birds flying north, and they're gonna freeze. Yeah, I fly. Well, now if they, well, I'm trying to think about this. If they were south for the winter, 
and they flew north for the summer, they'd be flying to South America. Which, you know, might be a bit of a a, a different thing, but I don't think they would freeze. Well, but no, I'm saying like the birds that migrate south for the winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Go north, yeah. They're going to go north, and then they're going to go to like Alaska, and <laughs> then they're going to freeze. Yeah. Or roast under the floor. A lot of frozen of the... chicken dinners. <laughs> But no, you're. Uh, so what is it? It's called the magnet. What's what's this? Thing Magnetosphere. Again? Magnetosphere. Now and I can't. I can't believe you even thought of this. But as a comic book guy, but to fix this problem, isn't this a job for Magneto? <laughs> Come on, it seems no. Isn't that what he did? Something. You know, he 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 was magnetic. He could he could spin it around. Possibly, I I would assume at some point. Cause I I'm not big into the, the X Men. Well, any comics, really. But, yeah, I would assume at some point he's tried to flip the uh, the Earth's magnetic field. Or influence it in some way. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen, This, you know, the way that you're describing it. Hopefully, if, if it does, it's just a, a easier transition. Well, and they don't even know when it could be. It could be now, you know, it could be next year, it could be 100,000 years. Same with Yosemite, not Yosemite, uh, Yellowstone. Oh, the volcano, yeah. Yeah, you know, the volcano that'll destroy all of the United States. You know, just little things. So not the geyser, there's an actual volcano? Oh, have you it's not heard super, about this, Kirk? It's a, super no. vol- it's a super volcano that supposedly would just bury the whole North America. They just discovered one of those oh, in no, Yosemite no. recently? No, they've known it's there since about the 40s? But yeah, under Yellowstone, there is a massive volcano that uh, the last time it erupted pretty much blanketed North America in ash. Um, They're predicting, the the current prediction is, if it were to erupt again, everywhere within uh, like a two to 400 mile radius of Yellowstone would be instantly gone. Pretty much the entire U.S. would be covered in ash. You know, ash like, and so he had no sun in the sky. Colo- plants die. Yeah, like bad. Colorado, if if the people in Denver survived the explosion, would you know be buried under feet of ash and rubble? Like it, it's not pretty, but they're It'd not expecting bad, it, it to erupt anytime soon. It would be a bad day. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So way to be all peppy on your birthday, buddy. I, I know. I was going to say that's, that, that's that's the second time you've then the world will be destroyed this way. In Let's about just keep bringing up existential crises to think about. <laughs> right, I stubbed my toe the other day too. Oh, it was horrible. All right, <laughs> and that was that was a bit of a drop off, but I can sympathize. <laughs> well, so speaking of the sun, you know, we talk about the solar storms. Uh, there's also another thing going on called the Mars conjunction. What's your function? Right. <laughs> yes. I've had that song stuck in my head today. Why? Because you heard that word. Yeah. <laughs> conjunction. <laughs> but That's I didn't it until right now. What's your function? Come on. Schoolhouse Rock, right? Yeah. Yep. And I know my wife's in chat, and she's probably just listening while she when she can but i even said that to her today i was i just started singing it i'm like why is this song in my head today it's a song i I haven't thought about for decades 
everyone listening should look up Conjunction Junction and uh, the Bill of Rights. Yeah, I'm just yeah. a bill. It's pretty funny. I'm just a bill. Yes. Those will uh, be stuck in your head for days and you will hate us. But And you'll accidentally learn something. It's one of those <laughs> things that tricks you into learning, but it just it's a it gets in your mind and you can't get it out. It it puts in its claws and yeah. like a porcupine quill. It you can't just because pull it uh, out. just because I can. Boom. It is in oh, there we go. In the chat for everybody's uh Displeasure. Uh, viewing pleasure. Yes. I wonder if they still play that in school. Because I know for us it was what, like every year we got the whole. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that was just PBS. It was just on PBS. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so unlike Schoolhouse Rock, the Mars conjunction essentially means that. The sun is directly in between Mars and Earth. And because of this, uh, NASA stopped all communication with the rovers and ingenuity on Mars because they were worried about um, the sun essentially like corrupting their transmissions. And that they were worried... Sense. They were worried that the robots would like, you know, rise up, turn in, take yeah, over they, Mars. They would take out, you know, the, the transmission would get corrupted, and they'd be like, you know, doing drugs and. <laughs> yeah, know. it's hilarious. Yeah, they yes. send a message. How's it going, Mars? And then it, it gets radiated through the sun, and it comes out like destroy everything. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no sun, bad sun. So, yeah, they had to put the robots into sleep mode. But uh, what really bums me out is they still gave them homework. Well, yeah. Like, the robots have to actually, like, still do stuff, even though they're not talking. They still have, like, jobs to do. Mm. Why Aww. not give them a break? <laughs> you know, nice little vacation. It's the robots. We've discussed this. They don't get breaks. They should. When they put them in sleep mode, did they think the, they put like a little cap on and they have that little candle and they <laughs> blow it out like, you know, that's what I picture. Mm, I, think <laughs> I said it wrong. It's actually safe mode. It's not sleep mode. Oh, well, that well, way to screw up that joke. Thanks a lot, dummy. No. All right. But uh, also on that note, the Ingenuity Copter did... They did a, uh, I don't know if you saw this, John, but they had to um, increase the RPMs on the rotors because the atmosphere is going through some sort of weird shift with the season. It's winter. Hmm. Yeah. And it got, the atmosphere got even less. Yeah. So, so they had to boost the helicopter up to 2,800 RPMs, which they weren't necessarily planning on because they weren't planning on having the helicopter survive still six going. months. Yeah. It's well beyond its you know, expectations. I was going right? to say, that helicopter is about as old as this podcast now. Well, I mean, it's older, but it's functionally about as yep. long as this podcast. It seemed like the scientists really undersold it, their expectations to not to be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like, this thing is crushing what they, I mean, they what was it three months or something? Or, or no, it was expected? like two flights. 
it was flight, yeah and it's still i think it was given five it was like five flights was the max but over then... like three weeks right see that's the problem with, that's the problem with helicopter parents hey oh come on uh, right. they uh <laughs> You made that joke the last time, Kirk. Um, Did I? I don't yes. remember that. We'll go to the videotape. John, bring it up. No. Okay. So uh, they did get it to spin up to 2,800 <clears throat> RPMs, but they had to abort because of some anomaly that they haven't disclosed yet. But uh, then they had to put it into safe mode. So we'll see how it does when it comes out. I'm assuming it'll be fine because the things, yeah. as we've stated, been crushing it. So. Yeah, but it it's still only got a limited life cycle. And the fact that it's winter, uh, which means it's going to be colder, which is also why the atmosphere thinned, if you think about it, because colder, it's going to freeze more the the CO2 and everything. And it's just going to, I would assume that's what it is. I, I, I don't know for sure. And I'd guess more things would be willing to break or snap, you know what I mean? Like metal or any tube or anything like that. And, and the, if it's that cold... Wouldn't that be more likely than if it was too warm? Well, that's why they have it warming itself. It cuddles. It cuddles with the Perseverance rover. <laughs> it's wearing a. It's wearing a snuggie. They thought <laughs> everything. Those those space guys. <laughs> so that was John. Uh, that was the uh, two things that I had immediately to bring up, and I know you wanted to talk about Mercury. So jump oh, on in. You know, what you got? Because we the podcast i spy mercury um so this is something that i didn't even know was happening uh the european or i should say a european japanese probe got uh to almost 200 uh kilometers above mercury which i thought the the whatchamacallit the uh, what was the other mercury rover it had a not rover uh, Are you ship thinking called. of? It had a Cassini. No, uh, no, no. That was that was. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think the that, one you're thinking of was Venus, John. No, no, no. There was one that went specifically to map Mercury, and I just pulled up Mercury. The um, like Freddie Mercury. No, the WNBA Phoenix Mercury. The lady basketball guys, or not? Good. <laughs> that came out wrong. That was <laughs> the, I said, the female basketball players. I apologize. Uh, no, it was um, Messenger. Messenger was the one that went to uh, Mercury and mapped it. I thought it got. No, I guess it was just within two hundred kilometers. So all about the same, but this one. Uh, is designed to, or it took some more high resolution photographs of the surface. What uh, <clears throat> did did we learn anything from that? No, I, that's the thing. I was like, any I, nip slips, anything. <laughs> Well, see, and th that was the thing is I hadn't even heard of this uh, satellite that was going down there. And it wasn't until I just saw the article pop up that it was like, oh, yeah, here's uh, 
Oh, it's two satellites. Okay. So just as some um, backstory, because I, I pulled up the Wikipedia page, because, you know, like all things, Wikipedia is the answer. Uh, it looks like one of the satellites is going to actually get uh, within 100 and, or not 100, 1,500 kilometers. That seems still far away. Yeah, that does. I wonder if the the close approach is on one side, which would make sense. You want to stay um, with Mercury. You want to be facing the sun as little as possible and in Mercury's shadow for as long as possible. Well, Mercury's the closest planet to the sun, so it, well, we know yeah. it's really hot. A little hot. Uh, yeah, you, you always want to park in the shade. That's uh, where you yes. where you want to go. Yeah, I'm just because it it's. Approach was 200 kilometers, so I'm assuming it, that's where it's going to sit, but it's got... Um, I'm assuming at that distance, even the robot's like, it's really hot. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, like I said, I, I thought it, there was going to be more to this than... Uh, Meets the eye? Yeah. Transformers. All right. Yeah. No, I... And it was just something that it popped up. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it was, like, with all these missions, this is something that, you know, this is only, what, the third mission to Mercury? Uh, Mariner, Messenger, and then, yeah. So this is the well, third mission to Mercury. And me being, you know, somewhat into space have never heard of it. Probably because it was a it wasn't a an uh, American yeah but uh, still mission you know it was a it was a European Japanese joint venture so I think you know a lot of that stuff we don't necessarily hear about as much I mean it but just launched 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 two years ago I know Probably they three sent years back, I think it sent back uh, high res images of Mercury yeah it did well this is saying possibly it was just a low res black and white okay uh, well still it had it, i saw the pictures and it did have like a pretty good detail of the planet yeah i mean it's got let's see i mean standard well it's got gamma and neutron spectrometers so it, it's got radiation detection it's got yeah, it's got a bunch of stuff, I'm assuming, to partially study uh, Mercury and the Sun at the same time. Which I still find a little bit funny because there's no way that we would ever be able to benefit Mercury. Like, that's weird to say, but there's just nothing for us. It's too hot. Well, you, know, you, it's... you say that, but there is... I mean, granted, this is leaping farther into science fiction than, you know, most people gather. But if you look at, like, the sun, the sun is nothing more than a ton of, like, hydrogen and helium and fusion uh, particles. Which means that it is the largest source of hydrogen and helium in the galaxy. Would it not be feasible to mine the sun? No. It's too hot. <laughs> 
to suck to suck to suck those gases out to somehow use that instead of drilling for oil under the sea we're extracting hydro or helium from the sun yeah i mean it, it's a tro i wouldn't say it's a trope that's talked about a lot in science fiction cuz i can think of there was a doctor who episode on it maybe two on mining sun or maybe it was maybe it wasn't uh doctor who maybe it was um stargate i know doctor who had one well i think just if if i mean helium yes it's funny it makes your voice high and it blows up balloons but i i, I don't know to me like if for the difficulty of getting it for what it's used for doesn't doesn't add up deuterium helium does a lot of other stuff yeah so and that's the thing is you have a giant ball of fusion in the sky and we're trying to replicate fusion on earth you're going to need a lot of the same materials um mainly yeah, being like nothing, like seriously nothing that we know of can withstand those temperatures so how i mean i guess i'm just thinking of it from a practical perspective well not uh, and that's a just a futuristic it. one most of them it, it's like protected by i don't want to say force field but essentially force fields um so yeah no it, it's i'm just saying like if they discovered that under the the crust of mercury it was nothing but gold and platinum and titanium they would they'd figure, figure out, out they'd figure out a way to do it yeah because extract those because all you would have to do is potentially land on the the um not sun facing side of mercury drill a ton and take off before it spins around so I don't think, I think it actually has, and I, I don't want to say I could be wrong, but I think it's, <laughs> it's your, it's your birthday. It wouldn't be your birthday. Come on. You can say it. I think it, it has a, a uh, very slow, uh, like rotational time. Hmm. Yeah. So hmm. the length of a day on Mercury is 58 days, 15 hours and 30 minutes. So you could get a lot of mining done if you landed on, you know, the dark side and drilled for almost two months before two, you had two, to take... You'd have two months of drilling in the shade. Before you had to take off and head back towards Earth. All right. Well, if that's the case, then let's call Bruce Willis. Let's get it done. Well, and that's what I'm saying is all these planets have the potential of having a ton of uh, uh, just rare elements because the theory is a lot of the rare elements that are on earth came from space and it more importantly came from uh the fusion of a sun or the sun and what better way to pick up you know a ton of particles over the years of being the closest planet to the sun i don't know if that made any sense I was still I was still stuck on Bruce Willis because hear me out because he was in Die Hard right so Die Hard here's how how here's how hard he died even when he died he came back as a ghost in that Sixth Sense movie so even <laughs> he was dead he was still there and then you were talking about so that's what I was I got distracted glad I could throw that one out there just to uh, derail the podcast you know so John. Uh, Mercury, we'll have to do a little more digging into that because in a future episode, I, I, I learned a lot about Jupiter today 
and I'd like to talk about it, but it's just not on the docket today. So yeah. uh, let's let's uh let's do a little more digging and and bring back up the you know Mercury Jupiter. Let's let's do some more later. But right now, let's talk about Jeff Bezos being a dick. What do you think? Well, it's, you know, it's a recurring segment, <laughs> especially considering the report that came out from uh, his Blue Origin employees. Exactly. So, Kirk, this will uh, tickle your funny bone. He had there was a uh, a report, an essay that came out from former employees of Blue Origin, who said that uh, Jeff Bezos was a dick. Didn't uh, maintain safety hazard or standards. You know the same quality of working conditions that Amazon has. He transferred to Blue Origin. Duh. Can I say duh? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, because you, th I mean, they talk about, I've heard people talk about white privilege. You think that's bad? How about massive billionaire privilege? You, yeah. I can't imagine you can, who's going to tell that guy anything where he's going to listen? Well, he's and that's not. That's the funny part because he's a big, bald baby who's a dick. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but in the, as you know, in the thing, they even mentioned that, that like if anyone brought up any concerns to him, during meetings, bye yeah, bye. No, they weren't allowed to talk to him ever again. They had to go through someone else to ask the questions. Oh, it's like like no eye contact, neither. No, yeah. Direction. So it's, it's and like, then he would he would get them to sign like further non disclosure agreements that he so they couldn't talk about uh, things. And essentially, he just was so obsessed with being the leader of the space race. And look at him now. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, so essentially he's, you know, he's trying so hard to be the big guy on the, on the market and the alpha space guy. Yes. Yeah. And Elon essentially is just like, whatever, man, I'm going to do yeah. my thing. Catch, catch me if you can. Well, kinda, I mean, that seems like it's got to be his attitude, right? Like, yeah. Well, and that's just he's, it. Like he's setting the pace car. He's the pace car for sure. Because in the essay, they were saying, oh, there's absolutely no way we would ever get on a rocket or one of Blue Origin's rockets and ride it. There's just way too much that could go wrong. And they cut corners and all this other stuff. And they were suing, you know, in their letters of lawsuit, they were saying SpaceX was doing the exact same thing. I, it's always about projection with these people. You know, well, what, a, what killed me the most, John, is during the... They said that when Jeff Bezos like flew up in his own ship into suborbital space, uh, they said that all the employees were not excited for him. They were like worried that this that the spaceship was going to fail. Yeah, well, I mean that's just it. If your core of engineers are worried that the rocket that they're sending you know you up on is could potentially explode probably a good idea not to get on it yeah listen to your engineers i bet they know which which doesn't <laughs> bode well because william shatner apparently signed up to go on the next flight for blue origin so which is a shame because if he waits like a half a year spacex is going to be doing you know thousand person trips with starship in actual suborbital stuff but can you imagine if they if they blow up Captain Kirk? Do you imagine how much nerd rage is going to be at that company? 
Imagine. Uh, they would... killed. They killed our captain. Get him, guys! Come on. Well, I mean... <laughs> and that's the thing is, I I mean personally, I don't think space or Blue Origin is in it for the run. I mean, if you look at comparisons, uh, SpaceX has almost tested Starship as much as they've tested New Glenn, and they don't even. That's just their suborbital hopper. They haven't even started building the bigger one that's actually supposed to take people to space. You and said Elon Elon is going to Mars, and it seems like Bezos was more, like you said, space tourism. Was that, I mean... At this point, hey. that's all they're going to get out of that stupid rocket. Just because they can't go much further. They can, you know, pop out of the atmosphere or whatever, what, the uh, was it Miranda line? Is that right? Carmen line. The, darn, yeah, Carmen. <laughs> Not the Miranda rights. Carmen <laughs> Miranda. <laughs> You have it's, the right, right to remain silent, Kirk. I was right. going to say. I think <laughs> you, have, you have the right to remain silent and have fruit on your head while you dance. And be, No, okay. I was combining way too many. <laughs> Man, got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the whole point, too, was I was as I was reading that story, I was laughing because I said, you know, if Jeff Bezos really was interested in going to Mars... You would think that he would be trying to learn rather than battle against, you know, if that was the true case. But it seems like he's more interested in ego than he is trying to actually do anything. And so... Would that be the bigger putting, man move? Oh, go ahead. Keep going. Please. Oh, I was just saying, like, he's putting an ice cream machine in his house and Elon Musk is living in a tiny house. So, you know, it's like, who's got the priorities correct? Right. Wouldn't the ultimate checking your ego and teaming up? Like, can you imagine if these two knuckleheads put their heads together and all of their billions? It seems, you know what I mean? Like, but well, no. They... At this point, Elon, with just his money, could do a whole lot more than Bezos ever could. Well, but as long as it's a race, I mean, it's good because... Uh, oh no, I agree. You, you you know, it's always about push. You know, if you got someone pushing you from the back, it, you're going to work harder than it. You know, because you, I don't care how uh, unegotistical someone is, you don't want to lose. I mean, you're you're in it to win it, so you might as well have a little bit of competition, which is what NASA didn't face for a long time, and look where they're at. Well, competitive fire, right? If you if you if you don't have anybody pushing you. You can get you can uh, get lackadaisical, which is a total coach word. But yes. you, know, <laughs> you, you think you're you think you're hot shit, and then you you let rest on your laurels, and then somebody flies by at you know, you know 100 miles an hour. But uh, John, on that note of Starship uh, with Elon, I was going to bring up as well this evening that they are getting ready to do another test flight for the Starship. Well, not just a test flight, the test flight. Okay, so it's an orbital test flight of yeah. the Starship. Yeah, because they cryoproofed the Starship yesterday? Uh, it was or two days two I was going to say, it was, it was, time is a bit wonky for me right now. Um, yeah, okay, so... Well, now, uh, before you go too far, I was going to ask you, what was the big deal with these tiles falling off? Do you know? Uh, they're the heat shield tiles, so much like the shuttle... You don't want them falling off before you re-enter the Earth. Not that it would necessarily end up the same way, but the 
they're designing the starship to be rapidly reusable. So part of that is rapidly replacing tiles. Now on the, the shuttle, one of the biggest attractors to it was each one of those tiles was almost uh, had to be precision cut to fit that exact spot. You know, not no two tiles were identical. So every single tile had to be have its precision cut. And if it uh, was damaged or needed to be replaced, they had to take it off, you know, and glue it back on. It was just a massive hassle and cost way too much money for what it was worth. Starship tiles are much cheaper to produce because they're almost all the exact same shape. And, and laying, tile, laying tiles is a bitch no matter what. Yeah. So I don't care if it's space or rear bathroom. Well, and I believe this is done by robot or will be done by robot, but uh, they're going to be like tack welded onto the, the frame. Or, you I know, just, some. I just happened to see that there was a big thing about the tiles falling off, and I couldn't really dig down into why it was a yeah, big deal. When they first moved it out to do that, hey, look at us, we've got a full rocket on the pad thing. A bunch of tiles fell off just from driving down the road, which, you know, isn't a good sign. <laughs> that doesn't give you a thought of confidence. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think they were fully fitted just yet because they were still testing. Like, that was the first Starship that had a full body of tiles. Um, so I didn't see anything if they fell off during the cryoproof, which would also be bad. Uh, but, again, it's SpaceX. This, even if they lose a ton of tiles, it doesn't really matter because they're crashing this in the um, Atlantic Ocean anyway. No, Pacific. Yeah, by Hawaii. So, in fact, losing a bunch of tiles is probably more beneficial to them than keeping a full set of tiles. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if they lost, you know, a third of their tiles from launch to, you know, coming back and the Starship still made it to where it was supposed to be without any problem, that's a good thing for SpaceX. It shows that the tiles, although they're there, they can survive without, you know, a handful of them. I'm I'm still stuck on it lost tiles driving to the launch pad. Like that's just like just <laughs> Well, we we went we got past twenty two miles an hour, so I'm like, wait, aren't we going to space? Yeah, probably go fast. Like it's just <laughs> it's that is a flagon, like tug on the neck collar moment. Like, yeah, don't wanna... <laughs> you don't want to be in the Tesla behind that one. Going, was that a space top? Okay, no, no, abort. I'm not but, doing this. But that's the thing yeah. with with NASA or anywhere on else like that. This type of problem, they would want it completely 100% ironed out before it even rolled out to the pad. SpaceX is like, eh, if this one doesn't work, we've got another one in the shed that's waiting to go. We'll fix it on the fly. We'll yeah. improvise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Are if this tacking tile, if, if the way we tack the tiles to the, the Starship doesn't work this time, let's try something else. We'll, we'll try super glue next time instead of welding. You know, it, it's they can rapidly change how they're doing it because they are just testing. These aren't flight articles yet. These are all just experimental crafts. And I went back and watched the SN. I watched like three different ones. I watched like eight, 10 and 11 of the starships just to watch the launches. And it's kind of amazing how much progress they made between those because like SN eight, it blew up, you know, well, and that's the thing. They didn't. 
Because eight, nine, and there was no nine. There was no nine. You know why? You know why? Because seven, eight, nine. Yeah. No. Huh. Uh, <laughs> well, the first few they made iterative changes, but most of them were already built before. You know, like nine was almost built before. I think nine and ten were on the pad at the same time. Um, but like they were pr producing them faster than they could test them. So there wasn't a whole lot they could change. Like, I know they changed the header tank for, was it eight that got the header tank change? I mean, these were all this year, and it feels like it was, you know, forever ago. But they, uh, yeah, they made the iterative changes, but a lot of it just boiled down to software and, you know, right fuel mixtures. Well, but eight blew up. Nine or you know, ten almost made it, and then eleven landed, so it's like you could see the progression, they got it nailed down now they're going for was it fifteen well, and that's just it. Fifteen was supposed to not be the orbital one. Fifteen was supposed to be, hey, we fixed a bunch of stuff we found while we were testing the first batch because there was supposed to be twelve through fourteen, but as soon as they landed eleven, they were like, "Yeah, we're good." And went to 15. And then they were still, like, ah, 15 can go to orbit. And it still amazes me that they can land the rocket boosters on a freaking boat. I mean, that's in well, incredible. And, and that's just it. That's what always amazes me about uh, how badly the NASA and FAA screwed over SpaceX in the beginning. Like, landing a rocket back on the landing pads that they had um, designed well easier than trying to land it on a freaking barge in the middle of the ocean. Well, there's, I mean, no matter how big those boats are, there's in the ocean is bigger. So it seems like there'd got to be a little rock to it. Right. As opposed oh, no. to land and, would just be solid. Well, and that's just it. They have um, self-correcting propulsion on those barges to kind of try and keep it level. But mm -hmm. You know, if you watch some of the, the, the streams of the rocket coming down, you can s visibly see the, the boat rocking. Oh, and most importantly, John, I don't know how I didn't think to mention this, but apparently they're creating a big giant arm to catch star starships, and it's going to be called Mechazilla. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was a concept. So, And I can run you through this real quick. Uh, at first, they were just going to land it on um, land, the the booster on land. And then they're like, yeah, but then we need legs and all this other stuff. So they're like, well, what if we jokingly just caught the booster when it was trying to land back at the thing? And then they're like, yeah, nope, we're doing that. So now they're my it, it, uh, my only my only beef is it's a bunch of science nerds and they're not going to be able to program it how to catch. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna botch the catch. It's gonna boot it, well, and it's gonna crush the rocket by accident. <laughs> that's that's the thing, though. Is <laughs> or or counterpoint, Mothra will show up and wreck yeah. the whole thing. Or the the arm just start. It doesn't want to catch rockets. It just wants to arm wrestle, and then it becomes a Sylvester Stallone movie over <laughs> the top. Yes. Sorry, did you put, no, John, no, you were saying you were saying. Oh no, I'm important. just saying. Like, it, <laughs> well, they have no idea. This could. Part of the thing with the with the Mechazilla was, yes, it's going to catch the booster, but it's also going to lift Starship up onto the uh, booster, right? 
I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Like, they want it to be this multi-purpose, you know, it's going to be the crane, it's going to be the catcher, it's going to be all of this. They, I, we got a whole baseball team, all in one. Mechazilla. I just, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens the first time they try and catch a booster. Because it's very possible they're going to try and catch the first one. Um, even though the, the original fly pan says they're just going to ditch it in the ocean, if they get Mechazilla up and going, they're going to try and catch it. I, I would almost guarantee it. Because there's a lot of people that are against boosters. Am I right? Any, <laughs> hey, oh, okay, no. All yeah, I got to no. say is it's got to be really fun to work at SpaceX. I know there's a lot of burnout and all that stuff, but when you could be like, hey, maybe we just make a giant arm to catch the booster, and then someone's like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Let's give it a shot. Well, the fact that they ran with that is amazing. Well, yeah, they did shoot it down. That's my thing. My biggest compliment to SpaceX is they've kind of bucked this whole tradition of the the lost cost fallacy. Like they bought, um, they had bought Bitcoin. carbon fiber. Uh, no, <laughs> carbon <laughs> fiber tooling to build the boosters and everything out of carbon fiber. When I, I don't know who I'm assuming it was some engineer was like, well, why don't we just use stainless steel? It's cheaper and uh, we could build it way faster. And it mainly worked up the thing. And even though they had bought all the tooling and we're getting ready to start production, they're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We're going with stainless steel and completely switched up the thing and went stainless steel. That's all because uh, one of the beefs about companies, corporations, it seems like they get so big that uh, fast quick change becomes impossible because they have so many levels to well, go through. So the fact that they're that big and can still go, hey, there's a better way. Let's do that. That's, yeah, I'm well, with you. That is a, impressive. I'm That's good to hear. Well, and just the fact they, they had bought all this equipment and then they were like, well, we could use steel. And the management was like, yep, you know what? Screw it. We'll, we'll figure out what we can do with the equipment, sell it or whatever, but we're, we're switching. And then they went to tents in the middle of a Texas field. Well, technically swamp. But, yeah, it's just impressive that they have ditched this whole mentality it, of... This is the way we do it. We, yeah. this is, there's, this is, it seems they kind of have more of a roll of the dice, fly from the seat of the pants, shoot from... Like, hey, if there's a better way, we'll just go that. Like, so it seems more... Yeah. Uh, just less structured, more... Uh, Get shit improv done. Improvisational. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's great to see, you know, more companies should probably take take some ideas from that and be like, hey, maybe maybe sometimes you should listen to the little guy. Might have a good idea. Yeah, run it by the employees before you put something into practice and see what they think. The people that actually have to put it into practice. If they think it's a good idea, then you're on the right track. But at least ask them. Well, John, uh, I think it's that time. Maybe uh, you know we've we've discussed a few things tonight, but I think we should discuss you pressing that button. Let's go see what's over on Kirk's corner tonight. I, I do like. I, I need to clean up this animation some more, but oh, that cake is still there. <laughs> hey, no, it's not. It's no, <laughs> is that a forty? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> a generic plastic bottle. Just a generic. Okay, well, it's a liquid. That's hey. <laughs> It could be, you know what? I'm going to say it's water. That's as close as I'm going to get. It looks like <laughs> hydrogen peroxide to me. I, I wouldn't know, drink when it. I made it, I was like, yeah, that, that <laughs> definitely looks like hydrogen peroxide. Right. If I had a cut, I would put that and it would sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it 
if you got bacteria on your insides, they're gone. Right. Unlike you who have bacteria on your outsides. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, th- this week, Kirk's Corner, uh, just sort of another, uh, you know, mixed nuts variety. And then I have, I have two lists at the end. So just kind of a bunch of uh, jokery. Have I used that already? Did I yes. say joker? Okay. I, well, I stand by that one. I'll say it again. <laughs> okay. So here it goes. Um, Alaskan rappers have hypothermia men. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Um, okay. Here's, I'm, I have a little beef. When parents have a gender reveal party, it's celebrated. When I have a gender reveal party, it's indecent exposure. <laughs> what? That yeah. seems that's a double standard. I don't like that. There's <laughs> um, uh, my. There will never be a cool rock song about driving a Prius. It just it just won't happen. Um, here's a local Colorado one. Indiana Jones retired in Boulder, Colorado. What? <laughs> I would he, you think I thought he was anti-Boulder. Okay. Um, you say mustache. I say hair lip. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a ship full of mints is so damn literal. It's uh, shipment. Okay, that was sort of that was in a uh, Hedberg vein. Um, all right, you know what? I, I'm uh, actually I have a saltwater taffy aquarium, so the fish don't move very much. It's very thick. <laughs> um, all right, couple two more, and then we're going to the list. Uh, I only buy chicken-free cages. Hashtag better than you. Hashtag smug life. Chicken free cages. Okay. Um, also that, you know, not only that, but I also, yeah, I have a above ground pool table. Very, that's very fancy. And um, okay. Here's the hot, hot potato, risky game, hot potato salad, much riskier. Okay. So that's just, um, Okay, so here comes here comes the list. The first list. Have you guys been to Mount Rushmore, by the way? Have you guys no. been to Mount Rushmore? I, no, I have not no. either, but attendance is low. So I came up with ideas. This this is aimed right at you guys. Ideas to boost attendance at Mount Rushmore, okay? So if they if they make these changes, it might actually entice you guys. You ready? You want to hear what I got? Got Go it. For it. All right. Uh, first one, uh, randomly blow up one of the faces. Just, <laughs> just don't tell any. And they're like, oh, my God. And then we have to show up every day. They may do it again. Um, here's another. I, uh, apply lipstick to all the presidents and then have people vote on who looks most fierce. Mm. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> how about this? Two words, funny hats. <laughs> like, come on. Who would? It's a big propeller hat or like, you know, the, the helmet with the beer cans on Lincoln. Oh, I would go. I'd see that. I would. Uh, two more. Okay. So then to. Um, uh, you will, you make the presidents members of the kiss army. At, at least you're getting the kiss. The kiss fans are going to show up. Um, this one a little odd. I, I say you plant shrubs in their noses and then you hire presidential nose hair trimmers. And, uh, it's a little action, a little something for the people to watch instead of just staring at a rock all day. Um, okay. So that was my Mount Rushmore ideas. And, uh, I was, uh, uh, the other idea I had, I was uh, boxers, you know, prize fighters, boxers. These are, these are bad boxer names. These, if you're, if you're thinking about becoming a boxer and entering the ring, do not choose one of these. Okay. You, you guys ready? Ding, ding. Ready. Yeah. All right. Uh, first one, bad, bad boxer name, the conscientious objector. <laughs> He's not tough. Uh, Blood Gusher Johnson. 
<laughs> um, Francis. That's <laughs> the uh, the spaghetti noodle. That's that's not a tough name at all. Not the real deal. Um, <laughs> no, that's not intimidating. Uh, the necrophiliac. That uh, oh. is going to be uh, Tattletale Thomas. He's not. In, he's going to complain to the ref the whole time. Um, see the hemophiliac, and then the last bad boxer name would be the fetal position fighter. Okay, so huh. don't choose any of those. So those are the list. Any, any, uh, what stuck out? Any comments? What stuck in your guys' craw? Ah, uh, I don't think anything, Kirk. I mean, fetal position fighter is not, you know, that guy doesn't, he's not going far. That's all I got to say. It's a defensive position. It's going to be tough to <laughs> get him, but you don't have to worry about his offense too much. No. <laughs> I like Tattletale Thomas. I just like he's hitting me. He can stop. It really hurts. Like he's just like fight him, stupid. You know the ref's like, no, he's being mean. You're in a boxing match, dummy. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the other box. I thought it was cardboard. No, idiot. All right, worst boxer ever. <laughs> Or any any of the Mount Rushmore ideas tempt you now that you? I like the you, nose hair they... one. Yeah, nose hair sounds a good one. <laughs> well, John, I think let's go back to our uh, wonderful podcast uh, booth in the sky here, and let's uh, go a little off topic. I, I said on... in the sky, we're in space. I'm honestly we're a, little, a little higher, a little higher. There's still something in Kirk's corner that you guys haven't seen yet, and it amazes me. I'm not going to give it away either. All right, nice tease. Okay, so we got to <laughs> right. see what we missed. Next week we'll have to take a take a look. I cuz I usually spot them, so I missed it. Hmm. Is it a it, stick it, of deodorant? If it's a stick of deodorant, Chris never sees that. I will give you one hint. It's only in the animations. Oh. Okay, okay yeah, I don't pay attention. I just know we're walking. Wow. Oh. All right, next time. Oh, you know what? On the 32nd episode, we'll see if we can figure it out. I know. We're, we're a month in. Yeah. 30, we bring it up at the end of the podcast, but yes. Yes. Um, well, John, did you have an off topic this week since it's well, your birthday? We'll give you well, the first shot. My off topic is going to be making fun of my daughter for, you know. Oh, goody. Uh, well, you know what? I, I always wanted to take her down a peg. Not <laughs> I don't, I don't know your daughter. So you know how we we were talking about existential crises and everything this this evening. Um, I don't remember the specifics, but she she had gotten in trouble and was grounded. And and when they get grounded, we usually take away things like YouTube or and stuff like that. She was so distraught over the fact of not being able to watch YouTube for a week because she would have to catch up on all of the people that she watches. No other reason. She was she was falling behind on what was happening. Yes, and it ah. caught me so off guard because this is this is not something I've ever had to deal with before. It's like, dude, I you know, I mean, I can't speak to it because I that sounds awesome to me. That much binge time, I could handle that. Well, and see, that's just it. It's like I actually prefer when I miss a bunch of shit because then I can, you know. Like, I have a few series I, I follow, and if I'm, you know, trying to pay attention or, you know, watch every single one as they come out, it's, you know, like, once or twice a week at most. 
probably forget about it for a couple weeks, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's, you know, six hours worth of stuff I can watch now. Yeah, and you just play it over and over, and you binge it, and then you realize that you just wasted six hours, but hey. I know, yeah, her, her biggest thing was, it was because one of the people she watches uploads two videos a day. Oh. And that, that, it was people say too much. They're they're saying too. I don't know. Th this is just the thing. I, I think it was just one of those like every teenager or pre-teenager and all of that has those moments where they freak out about the dumbest thing. Well, and social media, like it's you know we go back to what we talked about last week, but as a you know child of um the '80s. Uh, Essentially, we didn't have social media, so we don't know what the implications are for. Yeah, but we had, we had. Well, I, I'm kind of paralleling YouTube and uh, TV, though. Yeah, it's totally different. I think. Yeah, I think because we didn't grow up with it, it's hard to realize. You know what the impact is on a child, and you know I know how. Like, I have my podcast that I listen to, and if I, I do that on a daily basis, well, I look forward to that. So having that taken away could be an existential crisis for me at some <laughs> point. So I guess I, I'm sympathizing just a little bit. Even oh, no, though... I, I get it. It was just the fact that this just completely broke her. Like I know. She's... Yeah, it's it's funny. You know, it's, it's kind of a... Uh, uh, it's one of those things you're just like, huh, never saw that one coming. It is funny, though, because you remember uh, Kirk wasn't here for this, but when we were talking about how we have that store and they earn, you know, coins to buy stuff, yeah. getting ungrounded has become one of the uh, the purchasable items now. <laughs> like, get That's out of awesome. jail, get <laughs> out of jail free card. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first thing she's like, it was like, how much do I have to pay? And I was like, well, it's 10. And she's like, I have seven. I'm like, well, you better do something that needs three. It's <laughs> good motivation. Exactly. Nice, capitali nice capitalistic skills there, John. <laughs> that was a shot. I, I, I know. <laughs> anyway, body double. What do you got for a uh, off topic this week? Um, my off topic, uh, I, I read a story about a 50-year-old uh, construction worker in Turkey, and uh, he woke up after a night of drinking, and he, uh, people came to his house, and they go, hey, we're, we're joining a, a search party. And he's like, all right, I'll join the search party. And then he heard people shout out the name, and it was his name. <laughs> so this guy got drunk wandered back to his place the his friends thought they didn't know he made it back to his house they thought he was lost so they this guy was in a search party for himself which seems like another existential crisis because yeah, you gotta find was, yourself yeah right he was just wandering through the you know he was wearing tie-dye he was taking some hallucinogens he was reading some poetry he was he was trying hmm. really makes you think doesn't it yeah, but just drunk guy. And I, I, how about just how about the props of he was drinking late, but still hungover. Decided, hey, oh, I'll be in a search party. It didn't matter. It ended up being for himself. He was trying <laughs> to help. Hey, good news is they found the guy. I mean, yeah, you he know. was 
he was unhurt. They're like That's a big, a... Ce- big celebration, and then it happened all again the next day. It was a vicious cycle. <sighs> <laughs> First time, it's a happy ending. Third time, it's a AA. Yeah. All right. Now we need an intervention. No more celebration parties when we find Bob. He loses himself every time. Look, we just, the cake budget is killing us, people. Good story. I like that one. So, yeah. Do you got, uh, do you got one? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> with Off Topic, I really like to find the dumbest stories that I can possibly stumble across. And uh, apparently, there was a, some sort of like street vendor something going on in Wisconsin. And the, they were trying really hard to find something that got stolen. And it turned out to be a bronze statue of Humpty Dumpty on the toilet. Okay. They called it Dumpty Humpty. Of course they did. It was a, a statue? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a little bronze miniature statue of Humpty Dumpty sitting on the toilet. So uh, apparently it got stolen at some point, and they said it was worth like 1400 bucks. All the all, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't follow into the room after Humpty Dumpty Dumpty, Humpty was there. Yes. Well, because yeah, eggs. You know, it's just a bad bad combo. <laughs> Don knows all about that. Uh, no, nothing. All right. No, come on. That was okay. <laughs> I thought Same it like, was, uh, but Dumpty Humpty, I was pretty, uh, was pretty excited about that one because what a dumb story. Things I come yeah. across on my algorithm. How about that? Why? That sounds more positive than a stupid ice cream machine thing. At least, yeah. <laughs> at least you got some. I don't know that that joke that story made my cholesterol go up, so I'm upset. <laughs> All right. Well, look at that, guys. We made it through episode 31. John, once again, happy birthday! Uh, Thank you. No, it's for, not for a couple days, but uh, I don't know. Did you did you check your I email? I did see it. I, yes. Okay. Yes, and thank you very much. You are welcome. Uh, glad me and Kirk could uh, hook you up. You are a big part of this podcast. Uh, mostly the reason we have a podcast. So, yeah, small token. Thank you. Every every beer he drinks becomes a pale ale. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I found one more. All right. That, that was a good one. You like that, that one? All that right. That was a really good one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we made it through episode 31, uh, episode 32 next week. Uh, look at that. We are cruising right along, guys. We are halfway through a year, almost. It's crazy. Can't we just skip to episode 50, and then we'll go back to 32 <laughs> later, just to throw it off? No, because we'd never get back on track. You know that. <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, numbers aren't our thing. All right, bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So, well, for everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, keep up with our content on YouTube. Uh, we are putting up at least one video, if not two to three a day. So do check us out and subscribe to all our channels. Uh, they're on the front of our podcast booth. And uh, hopefully everybody has a good evening and we will be back next week.